सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सहवीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेदाशाशाति गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मा तस्म श्रीगुरव नम तस्म श्रीगुरव नम शांति मंत्र विच इज इन राइट इन द बिगिनिंग आप्यायंगाणी वाक्णश्चक्षु श्रोत्रमथो बलमिंद्रिया चर्वाणी सर्व ब्रह्मपनिषद माहम ब्रह्म निराकुरा ब्रह्म निराकोत अराकमेस्तु अराकमेस्तु तदात्मते य उपनिषत्सु धर्मा ते मयि सन्तु ते मयि सन्तु ओं शात शात शाते वी हेव सीन टिल दी फिफ्थ मंत्र of kenopanishad one common theme that is being drawn that if we step out and watch the logic as it is evolving the student has asked something very specific and the teacher using the same vocabulary of the student has given a pointer rather than that which has been specifically asked this is usually the style of upanishad <clears throat> wherein the pointers and indicators are given the effort has to be the individuals it cannot be that the teacher spoon feeds us students all the way up there 
they are not going to do that. <coughs> Why not? Any kind of spoon feeding is going to only take that entire process for granted and the individual that has to strive will never grow from within. The growth will be stunted. So a pointer is given, a direction is given. Now the effort to follow through that direction has to be the students. And in all these pointers, <clears throat> what is the teacher trying to point at? Without saying something, he has already indicated. Now, sometimes we come across people that when you are trying to be discreet and say something, it's like a open gathering, everybody is there. And you're trying to hint without saying it and trying to point at it without saying it. And there are these, I don't know, I may be too harsh in saying Manda Buddhi. Manda Buddhi, dull witted. No, I get that, but what exactly do you want to say? Can you come out and say it clearly? And you are like, dude. Uh, if I had, if I wanted to, I would have already stated that this environment doesn't allow me to say it. No, no, I get that. What, what did, what did you want to say? You feel like reaching across the table and smacking them. Now the pointers have to be taken very seriously. You cannot take it lightly that when the teacher is giving you a hint. Sometimes they show it in the movies, right? The teacher is trying to be discreet and uh, and you also think that you are uh, something to be imitated. You also do in the other direction. It's not something that we are going to spar with, like, you know, to, to go there. What is it that is being indicated here without stating it? Wherein the consistency that we see is it is the eye of the eye, that which enables the eye to see. It is the taste of the taste, that because of which I can taste. Meaning, remove that one factor, all of these different equipments cannot function in that field. In fact, remove that one factor, what will be left is called a dead carcass. So that spark of life, that which enables, that which enlivens, that which equips these to function in their individual fields without any hindrance, without any disturbance. And that consistency is amazing. Usually we find as an equipment and the source that runs the equipment. How often do you have to charge your cell phones? Once every day at least. Sometimes if the 
model or that particular batch that you have is running crazy software or something it keeps draining you keep charging it what happens when there is no charge there is no functionality there similarly without having to charge into any outlet there is something that is constantly keeping this body mind and intellect and equipment constant consistent functioning in its field that spark of life must have a source of life so where are they pointing at there is no physical plane or a physical relevant spot that they are trying to ask us to focus because it is not a particular place it is not a particular space with respect to your body where do you start head or the toe when they say head to toe toe to head where, where is the starting point there cannot be a starting point because i am equally present at the entire layer so i can feel i can experience at the same time in different aspects of that body without having to move think so it cannot be a particular point of reference that where pointed at which the intellect comes to a spot or a logic having transcended which there is no more support of logic required so in that same sequence the next three mantras i think three mantras yes next three mantras are giving a similar pointer repeat after me yachakshushaa na pashyati yena chakshugam shipashyati in english yena chakshum shipashyati तदेव ब्रह्म विधि नेदम यदिदमुपासते यद्रोत्रेण न शृणोति येन श्रोत्रमिदं श्रुतम् तदेव ब्रह्म विधि नेदम यदिदमुपासते यत्प्राणे न प्राणिति 
ಪ್ರಣೀಯತೆ ತದೇವ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಿ ನೇದಿದಸತೆ ಯಕ್ಷುಷಾನ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಚಕ್ಷುಗಂಶಿ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ that which cannot be perceived by the eye but that because of which the eyes are able to perceive did i miss any syllable cuz suddenly everybody's he should it was a nice moment the eyes were like everybody was seeing and everybody knotted their eyebrows it like unison that which cannot be seen by the eyes but that because of which the eyes are able to see if the eyes try to see it if the mind tries to see it it is something like you know those white fluffy dogs small short ones the name starts with a p pomeranian dogs thank you they are the funniest dumb dogs or <laughs> funny very funny to be with okay our satsang has been sanctified so we have that particular pomeranian dog and poor things cannot reach their tail any which way if they have to scratch an itch so what do they do so they try catching their tail and turn and it is almost like they are about to catch it the moment they pounce so for hours together that's why i call it this as a little dumb they keep going around and suddenly they pause it's like a brilliance of uh, intelligence suddenly flashing in their eyes you can see it that it it it, it understood something it caught on to something what does it do up until then it was going in this direction now it thinks maybe i should go in the other direction and then goes in the other direction i try to visualize myself in a position wherein there is an uh, intense urge for scratching that itchy portion and i'm not able to reach it that is called hell that is called naraka that it is right there you're not able to reach and then have you ever do you have such unreachable spot man then i feel like a a buffalo on indian roads right. have you ever seen a buffalo in indian roads there are these lamp posts or wall 
they they go adjust their position to that lamp post that part that particular part of the body which must be itchy and then and constantly do that and then you should see the satisfaction on their eyes and have poor things cannot speak but they are very expressive a poor this fellow dog cannot even do that our mind trying to turn around to catch its source what happens the moment you turn whichever direction that the mind turns into whichever logic whichever sequencing that it turns into that because of which the mind can put that sequence together but cannot access through that sequence that which is enabling it to function so can it ever be experienced then therefore it is said stop being the equipment and observe the equipment don't be the equipment observe that equipment it's a very tough job to do to sit and observe something with minute details without commenting about it i don't know which movie i was watching it was about the the shooters that you know stay on for a long period of time waiting for that particular target to move or walk to take a hit snipers and when you look at their training process they are right in the territory the red zone where there are all these people all around and they have to find a spot wherein they cannot be identified and lie low like sometimes when i am cooking and some you know many of you are interested and some how oh, I, i where can i help so I said okay do this and by the time i turn around what what happened oh, I, there was nothing happening so i just left it there was that the part of the instruction i don't know you didn't tell me anything specific the specificity was stay put and keep turning it and suddenly start applying our intelligence when it was sniper is like you know i have been sitting there lying there for you know last 15 minutes nothing moved nothing happened i thought i could take a break you know play a game or go around finding pokemon go score some points come back again find my target and i am told sometimes they have to sit there go through that process 
for two, three days in that same position without moving. What kind of focus must have been required? A focus wherein you are observing, but you are not processing it to be branding it. The moment we see something, the moment we grasp something, we immediately have to put a personal brand on it, a tag on it. And what is a tag? Oh, this is awesome. This was, yeah, I don't know what to put it in. I can put it in awesome or, or I can put it in good or bad category, but I didn't even understand what was happening there. Upanishad class, Upanishad class. <laughs> when you are to that frustrating end wherein you don't even know whether to put it in a, this brand or that brand. The mind constantly seeks its validation in that branding. So to be able to observe and yet not comment on it. It's not like you have the mind running its commentary, but you are not saying it out. The mind is not running a commentary, therefore there is nothing to say out. You made an observation. The eyes have seen ena chakshusha pashyati. But that whole process of viewing, seeing can happen only in the presence of. Do you want to do a quick experiment? Sort of, kind of. Can you both open that door and turn all these lights off? Awesome. There are two behind the door. Can you see anything? Turn on the lights, please. What, you thought your job was done? That because of which everything can be perceived. In a very gross sense, it was this illumining objects. They were not functioning. I could not see. I don't know with the other ambient light outside, maybe you could see a certain shade or aspect. I could see nothing. That because of whose presence that processing can happen. Remove that from the equation, there is absolutely no experience that can be experienced. That X factor is called Brahman. Where is that Brahman? Is it in a statue? Is it in a book? 
Now, some people worship statues, you know, vigraha. Some people worship fire. Some people worship a direction. Some people worship a book. Like, you know, the Guru Granth Sahib, and you go to the Gurudwaras, there is no idol there, there is only a book. A book is worshipped. That can be a trigger, that can be a starting point. Because Upanishads take us beyond the realms of four walls, where there is an incense and a light lit. But to focus on that which is able to perceive that environment. So from the ex most external, moving, so from the external objects to the organs of perception. From the organs of perception to the mind, to the mind to the processor, which is the intellect. All of these processing, the moment you observe, it's almost like you become a integral part of every process, but you are still, everything is happening in you and around you. If you can visualize it, if you are somebody who loves visualizing things to get the concept. You know, sometimes they show these animated versions wherein they are going through this uh, Kung Fu Panda, going through these uh, iron fists and uh, fireballs, and there's in a slow motion jumping through it, and it just moves by, and he is like with his jaw dropping and drooling, and it, and he sees that, and it is moving, and he is there, something like. That you are there and all these are moving, but yet you are not the one moving. You are observing the movement. The moment your focus changes, it creates a matrix of its own confusion. The first time that I went in a train, oh, it was such a fun ride that I could never forget it. This I'm talking about four and a half years old. I still remember it very clearly, vividly. I sat in the train and I fought with everybody in that particular group to get a window seat and jumped into that window seat. And if you have gone in the Indian railways, one side there are six seats to sit, the other side there are only two. So the fight was for that. And by the time I was what, 12 or 13, the fight was to get this side seat because this would be shorter and the height would not fit in. So sitting there in that individual seat, one thing that bogged me down was, whoa, cool. What was the cool aspect? Everything is moving fast in the opposite direction. What is actually moving? Are these things moving? 
it is the train in which I am sitting that is moving which gives an apparent motion for the things that I am observing as if they are moving. Being in that train to become observant in such a way that I see that world and its movement, I see the movement of the train as well and yet know that these both comparative movements are only happening in my conscious recognition. And neither of these movements that I am. I don't know what I just said, but suddenly there was a spark of clarity flashing in the eyes. Oh, yeah, we get it. I'm glad you got it. Yena chakshum gamshi na pashyati. Yena chakshu gamshi pashyati. Yet chakshusha na pashyati. Yena shrotrena shrunoti. Yena shrotramidam shutam. Tadeva brahmatvam vidhi. Now, what does it mean? Okay, let me cover the next one also. Yat pranena praniti yena prana praniyate. That because of which breathing happens. That because of whose presence breathing happens. Seeing happens. Listening happens. Meaning what? What is the sadhana here? You talked about uh, that witnesshood where both sides of movements are being recognized but I am not the movement is the experience that I go through. How, how do I reach there? What is my doable today? This is where it get in, gets interesting. The doables. The simple doable is that Though we have to spend certain time as our puja, japa and dhyana, once we are done with it, as I open myself up to the world of experiences, the first level of sadhana, go through every experience of life without liking or disliking. Consciously go through every single experience of your next one week. Maintain a journal. I used to maintain a notebook wherein I had those uh, score uh, keep kind of the four lines and then one stroke. So every time I would pass a judgment of like and dislike. I would write those and keep striking. You know those little diaries that you get with time map on it. So this particular time, how many uh, sets of five? It was fun to watch because the more you become conscious, it seemed like in the beginning, it was throwing up more such patterns. Then I read somewhere very beautiful 
quotation that the waves are a distraction only when you are on the surface. Once you dwell deeper, there are no more waves that disturb you. Are you getting it? As you become one with your life and experience, one with that ocean wherein you are not viewing it from the standpoint of the wave. Your perception has changed. Wherein every experience, I have to go through it. Let me not see them through the shades of likes or dislikes. This is the entry point. First sadhana. Pay attention. The second sadhana looks similar, but it is not similar. The second sadhana is, after I have gone through that experience, to come out of the experience without allowing the mind to brand it as wow or yuck. Don't brand it either. How was it? An experience. And when Gurudev was talking on such note, somebody asked him, how would Swamiji define death as? And the most beautiful answer I've ever heard. He said, another passing moment of experience. Imagine that death also is the passing of another moment of experience where the matter is relieving itself. I thought it was very, you know, vivid imagination wherein you're wearing a cloth or a, what do you call that, uh, one piece. In a toe to neck, there is one piece that onesies, ah, jumpsuit, whatever, right? And it's made of satin cloth. So you unzip, and what happens? It just like falls down. So, in Gurudev's standpoint, how was death that the entire layer of matter? Dropping off, relieving itself, and it's another moment of experience. He was not speaking from the standpoint of being the body. He was talking from the standpoint of observing the body and its interaction with the outside world. Both interactions only at the layer of matter. So what is first sadhana? To get into the experience without likes or dislikes. You have your different zones that you work in. Many of your students, so you have your dorm area or what, what do you call the living space, dorm or uh, apartment. That's one zone. Then you get into your college. 
University. There are study period when the hours there. Between that, you have some gaps. So there's a pattern for it. Sometimes you go, there are certain times you go to the lunch, you, certain times you go to the library, certain times you go to the coffee place. I don't know, where else do you go? Give me options. Now class, in between class, another class? Oh yeah, very important. Input output devices, <laughs> bathroom. Say so different experiences that you go through, not from a prefixed or a prejudiced mindset. I had to go to this class again. He bores me to death. You've already created an opinion. You have already created that prejudiced thought, reliving itself. And before even that experience could even touch us consciously, we have branded it with our likes and dislikes. After you have gone through, don't try to evaluate from standpoint of good or bad or right or wrong. Don't evaluate it from branding perspective. Always try to go through the experience from the standpoint of a learning step. What was it that I had something new to experience? If we can sustain ourselves over a long period of practice to go through life, this close watch over it. One thing that you can observe, that your lethargy vanishes. Second, your rate at which you make mistakes, it falls down quite significantly. Why do mistakes happen? Whenever you lose sight of your focal point. When your focus is off, that is when mistakes happen. And when you are so alert before, during and after to make sure that it is not creating any layers of branding. The third thing happens. What is the third thing? That experience, you start seeing things which you were not very conscious of. It's like somebody who cleaned your you know, glasses. You've been working and there were stains and fingerprints and things in it. And you, sometimes when you get habituated to glasses and you don't observe. And then somebody looked at it and borrowed it from you, cleaned it and put it back. And then suddenly say, oh yeah, I can see better, clear colors. Something like that. Or the same external scenario after a fresh rain. 
Have you noticed the change? When after the rain, when you go outside and observe the nature, the colors, the green looks fresher. The green looks even more greener. I have one of my friends, a photographer, a cinematographer actually. So he said that happens because all the dust that settles on these layers gets washed away and the truer colors which are hidden behind the thin layer of dust is revealed. And that's where you feel that color is intense. Otherwise it becomes dull. And that is when you start exploring newer sense of contentment and satisfaction through those experiences. When you start finding contentment and fulfillment in those experiences, the, the revulsion towards the, the repulsion towards the experience, because it is my own life, my own experience, that repulsion is completely washed out. This Bhagavan Krishna in Bhagavad Gita says is a person who is sinless and which reminds me of one other person maybe we have experienced looking at them such people are the young kids what is the most attractive part of you know seeing an, a young toddler who's still on that what do you call that uh, the prison no crib crib. <laughs> when you take a peek at them, what is it that catches your attention immediately? Asking you a question. The smile and the eyes. There is such Immense akarshana, the attraction in that eyes, because there is no schemer behind those eyes. Have you seen that when you take something away from their presence, they may cry, they may make little restlessness. But pretty soon when they are into a newer environment, they adapt themselves as if nothing had happened. They are able to move on, move forward. Because there is nothing that they are holding on to. Where are we held up? And I went to this and it, that, that whole thing, it sucked. We have this, you know, entitlement. That every experience out there should bow down in giving me that satisfaction and joy. And when it does not match up to my expectations, I call, I have the audacity to call that whole experience and environment as a bad one.
if we can observe these two patterns. What are the two patterns? One is at the entry point of the experience. Refuse to look at it from the standpoint of like and dislike. And after you are done with the experience, refuse to create a commentary in your head. And with this Facebook, I tell you, you know, like, now they have added more. They have added their emotions in there. Laugh, anger, frustration, just like. And that is what we want to do with everything in life. Another thing. Constantly we need to, even if it is not something very pertinent to me, somebody walking, wearing some clothes, not pretty, you know, you are discussing, you are already branded. Does it really matter whether you brand, not brand, that commentary, is it even worth? Over a few months of such practice, we realize that we save on energy and time. As consciously, we have removed that unnecessary indulgence. And I see myself with more time. Whether I use it in the inside world or the outside world, productivity and satisfaction is thus guaranteed. Can you try attempting it next week? And tell me the results of it. How frustrating it was to make that observation. Before you realize you are already indulging in it, then you are no more observing. It's only after a few hours that you say, Are I just went through the whole things of things that were happening. I didn't even make a note. Don't get frustrated. Laugh at it. Okay, mind. That was quite challenging. Now, let's try it again. Anything that can bring on a game mode where you can feel yourself to be entertained rather than, you know, carrying like your, uh, who is the fellow that carries the Atlas, like the Atlas carrying the load of it and uh, at that point somebody coming and telling you, smile please. You feel like, you know, smile, uh, smile. Don't you see what I am carrying? It's not like Bhagavan has created that burden to be put on our head. We have allowed ourselves to carry that unnecessarily. That would be the sure key method to learn how to unwind and find peace within. That where there is peace, productivity is high. So it will benefit both inside world as well as the outside world. Therefore, in the Guru Stotra, they say that 
being with a guru is bhukti mukti pradatacha both aspects both outside productivity and inside peace you can find it so this comes to the end of the first chapter now the teacher looks at all the students and ask some questions so i will ask the same questions to all of you next week and let's see how we answer and what the students answer and what is the standpoint of evaluation from the teacher himself what is he want to point at what subtle more what more subtle point does he want to point at पूर्णमद पूर्णमद पूर्णात्पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवावशिष्य ओ शात शात शाति हरि ओं श्रीगुभ्यो नम हरि ओम